journey. It's time to talk with Liz and Peter. Good morning, love of my life. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. A little grouchy, but only like 5%. Yeah, 5% grouchy? Yeah. Is that because I was taking so long? Yeah. No, it's because I have a client at 10 o'clock. Oh. And it's going to take me about 20, 30 minutes to drive there and get set up. So I have to leave the house in an hour and 10 minutes, hour and eight minutes, and I still have to get ready. So precise. So. Okay, I'm well, just then let's just jump into it then. What are we talking about today? Intimacy. Oh, perfect. Let's get intimate. Well, we don't have to get intimate. We just have to discuss it. I know, that's not this. This podcast isn't that kind of podcast. Where no, like, that if you are into that sort of thing, you should listen to The Heart. Or My Dad Wrote a Porno. Or The Heart. Probably better with The Heart. So, okay, intimacy. Yeah, I feel pretty intimate. How do you define intimacy? Um. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because uh, I'm an emotionally stunted white man in America. You think and, you're emotionally stunted? Well, I mean, aren't we all kind of, like, you no. grow up in a, a toxically masculine society that teaches you, like, boys don't cry and keep your emotions inside and all that stuff. So how you much know. of that do you think you internalized and how much all of it. you've grown, like, learned through? Some of it. <laughs> I've definitely internalized a lot more than I've grown out of, that's for sure. So to ask somebody from that background to define intimacy after that, I hope it makes sense why I giggled. I'm glad I picked this topic then. Yeah. So defining intimacy, I guess that it's the amount of vulnerability you feel comfortable engaging in with another person. I don't know. Like That's a beautiful definition. What's the actual definition? That's, I didn't have one and I think that's a really beautiful definition. Oh. That's really apt. Yeah. I'm so good at this. Yeah, you're good with words. So, okay. So that's, so that is my definition of intimacy. Where did you want to go from there? How comfortable are you with it? With intimacy? With like being vulnerable around someone? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, for different folks, there are different levels of vulnerability, right? Like, I feel like with you, I can pretty well do anything. I will use the bathroom with the door open and not care. You've seen me naked. That's pretty intimate. I talk to you about my feelings. Sometimes it seems like you get agitated when I ask about your feelings. Yeah, because I don't always want to talk about them. What I, comes I, up for you when you start to talk about them? Uh, why are we talking about my feelings? Are my feelings really the, the most important thing that we could be talking about right now? Like, what do you think is the root of your aversion? I mean, it's like we talked about earlier, the like internalization of patriarchal like uh like norms um whites like not white supremacy well kind of but more more like you know toxic masculinity there you go that's what i was looking for it's it's just not normal to just talk about feelings in that from that background so and in my perspective we all have feelings and we all experience them throughout the day we all have thoughts our thoughts all inform our feelings and our feelings inform our behavior Mm -hmm. and it's this cycle that's what's kind of taught in therapist school. Thoughts inform feelings, feelings inform behavior. So I see us all kind of moving through the world with our feelings being a very dynamic part of how we move through the world. Like it's a, it's a full one third. So to me, when I see your feelings informing your behavior, I get curious about what thoughts inform those feelings or what those feelings are and I'll ask you about them. But sometimes I notice that you get more agitated than when I ask about your thoughts alone or your behavior alone. So I just kind of wanted to explore that as it relates to intimacy and, and, and I think that your definition of intimacy is interesting when we start talking about feelings because it it makes me wonder is it more vulnerable for you to talk about your feelings than it is your thoughts or behaviors yeah i would say so and also i'm a very i guess you'd say like i'm a type a person like i like to focus on how do we 
accomplish something. And more often than not, I feel like when we are unpacking and talking about feelings, it's just sort of circling the wagons, but not really doing anything. When in reality, I want to get past that. It's almost something that I have to check off a list so that I can get to the point where I get to take action then at that point. You want to skip the feelings and move, talk right into behaviors. Yeah, more often than not, because it's just... I, I know what you're saying. Like, your feelings are informing your thoughts, which are informing your behaviors. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, because sometimes I think that... Or no, you said your thoughts inform your feelings, which inform your behaviors. I think it's the other way around a lot of the time. I think your feelings inform your thoughts, inform your behaviors. Does that make sense? That's actually debated, and the last podcast I listened to said, you have to have a thought to have the feeling. Do you, though? I mean... I like to think that I'm ruled by my emotions, but with my bipolar diagnosis and stuff, they teach me, if you're having a strong feeling, like, what's the thought that's the root of it? And you've helped me with that before. Remember when I was freaking out because I thought my work was mad at me? Mm -hmm. And you were like, where did you get that idea? Like, what truth is that rooted in? Mm -hmm. I had a thought that was creating so much anxiety in me. But I was so focused in on the anxiety, I couldn't get to the root thought. And you led me to the fallacy of the thought. Well, see, I wasn't even trying to explore the thought. I was trying to figure out what actions do we need to take to remedy whatever issues you're having at work. And see, that would have, that's not, like, what I needed. It was what you actually did on accident, which was you went to the cognitive distortions that were informing my feelings. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I didn't know. And in the end, you were like, oh, no one's actually mad at me. No one's actually mad at me. This anxiety is fabricated. Or at least the extent of it is fabricated. Like, I'm putting this pressure on myself. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gotten to my thought. Gotcha, gotcha. I just find it interesting. I think it's oftentimes people want to skip the feeling step because it does seem what purpose does it serve to stay here? Mm-hmm. But when we think about how feelings operate, the fact that they have to metabolize and they must be experienced and processed... Otherwise, we just kind of act almost irrationally through them. Mm-hmm. And you've been through the therapy process. You understand that sharing a feeling does actually serve a purpose. It gets it out so that it's almost like no longer going to be as strong or rule you mm-hmm. as opposed to shoving it down, which kind of leaves it kind of stuck in you. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm a lot more on board with talking about feelings and experiencing intimacy than I originally thought. I think it was just that blowback, that backlash from internalized toxic masculinity because yeah i mean it does from if you get really logical about it and you sit down and you look at a situation holistically it totally makes sense to not only outwardly like verbally identify what's going on you know Mm because you got to be able to map it out Mm -hmm. for yourself but then to do that with other people because since you're caught up in whatever is going on you may not have the best vantage point for figuring out what to do so if you just flip right to the doing, then you might be operating from a position that is not optimal. 100%. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I get it, but I still don't like it. It's still something I, I find aversion to. It annoys me when and aggravates me when I have to do it. So how do I get over that? Slowly and with grace on yourself. I've seen you starting to get over it. An example is when you're irritated with your mom. Say she asks you to do something and I might notice that you're irritated and then you want to, it's almost like you want to like go in and just talk to her through the lens of your irritation. In the past, I've asked you a question like, what's irritating you right now? You seem irritated and you'll be like, yeah, I'm irritated. And I'll be like, do you think this is actually really just making you feel this type of way or this type of way? And you'll be like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. You won't necessarily fully engage with me, but I'll see that you're you'll interact with her from a different place rather than just pure irritation. Do you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. having the even very abbreviated conversation would influence the way you then interact with someone mm-hmm. as opposed to I don't want to dive into how I'm feeling I just know this is where my headspace is let me just go interact so like taking even a second to like acknowledge and label a feeling is helpful mm-hmm. to influence our behavior you don't even have to necessarily process it fully but even labeling it allows our logical rational brain to be like oh this is the lens i'm operating through is this the lens i want to act through mm-hmm. or can i choose can so what we've found as far as building more intimacy would be sharing the primary emotion that's underneath the secondary emotion. Secondary emotions are like anger, frustration, irritation, jealousy, la- anything that makes you kind of want to lash out at someone. But typically there's something underneath it, feeling like a value has been violated or a boundary crossed is what's underneath anger or feeling hurt by something or almost scared by something. If someone who's of a political ideology opposite of us does something, some really crazy display in their yard or something, we might get really angry, but maybe we're afraid on some level of the message that they're sending is personally threatening to us. Or maybe we feel like they crossed a value that we hold really dear. And so we're angry. So kind of getting down underneath our feelings and understanding them better almost helps us understand ourselves better. Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm, I'm afraid of? Sometimes when we get mad, or try to control the behavior of our partners what it really is is i'm afraid of something i'm afraid that their behavior means that they're moving away from me and they won't love Mm -hmm. me anymore things like that so the value is beyond let me alter my behavior it also goes to let me understand myself better that way it affects all my future interactions with this person as well got it wow feeling soapbox yeah intimacy are you feeling intimate this morning um yeah, I, I always do. Like, Wake up intimate, go to sleep intimate. I think what brought it up for me was we went on a date last night and I wanted to feel intimate. So I was asking you questions about our dreams, your dreams and hopes in our future and stuff like that. And I think you low-key really just wanted to watch the game. Hey, I'm sorry that that restaurant had my favorite sport playing right in front of us. Right in front of us. It they, was like they perfect. Sat us. The, the, the way that the restaurant was situated, we didn't even see the TV until we were basically already sat at our table. And mm-hmm. then when it we was turned perfect. around, it was like right behind us. And the game had just started. And the game had just started. And it was the number two seed or the number two team versus the number four team. And you were so happy. And I actually think I balanced that really well. I watched a little bit with you and I asked you some questions too. And we ate sushi. And we ate sushi. Delightful. In a very responsible, socially distanced manner. Yes. Yeah. So I think I'm working on balancing my desire for intimacy with also realizing that it's really exhausting for people. To have those more vulnerable conversations or to have to go down to that level in your mind and even think about the answers right yeah because it's not recreation at that point that really is work you know and do you want to be making people work all the time but it's not all the time i mean we spent all mornings talking about silly stuff and we spend a lot of time talking about silly stuff well, yeah, it's because the world's a capitalist hellscape and we're all headed towards civil war and disease and famine and why not laugh sometimes? Indeed.